This podcast is brought to you by Blackbee Ministries International. To find out more, visit blackbee.org. Well, we're glad to have you with us again for another episode of the Richard Blackaby Leadership Podcast. Thank you all for listening. We hope that we're helping take your leadership to the next level. And here to do that, as always, is Dr. Richard Blackaby. Good to be with you, Sam. Sam, you're heading off to the airport here in just a few hours. We, uh, yeah, yeah, we're headed, headed to the airport. We're going to do a, a quick 16-day trip through parts of Europe. And, and I, I tell you what impresses me is not the 16 days in Europe, but the what is, is Claire seven months old? Eight months old. Eight months old. You're going for 16 days yep. and you're not checking any luggage. Not checking. Carry, we're in the carry-on only club. You've got this and, two uh, adults and a baby, no check luggage for 16 days in Europe. That I'm impressed. Well, you know, if... Uh, you know, it, it takes some doing. That's I can't, for, like, drive to Walmart without at least some carry-on luggage. <laughs> so that's good No, well, we've just, you know, we've just learned that <laughs> it's just so such a hassle to check luggage. We may have to just do a podcast for you sometime. And uh, for listeners who don't know, my daughter Carrie and Sam, uh, are they travel all the time. And they have made it just a point of traveling the world. And uh, by the time their daughter Claire is a year old, uh, how many countries will she have been in already? I believe it's 10. 10 countries by her first birthday. <laughs> and the goal I, is, what is the, tell us what the Century Club is. Well, for those who don't know, the Century Club is basically a club for people who have been to at least 100 countries. And yeah. they they have their way of defining what a country is, which is perhaps different than maybe what the UN defines it as. And it's basically a, just a club for for travelers to come and talk about and and so by what age do you hope to have claire in the century club well we th- we thought it might be a good challenge to get her in there before she graduates high school so by so by 17 at least 18, years 17 18. 18 to have been in 100 countries yeah so i think that's worthy of a of a podcast sometime i i <laughs> I, I certainly encourage our listeners uh to travel there's so much that can happen so, it, certain travels it could be expensive, but the way you guys do it, you found cheap ways to do it. Yeah, and, yeah. Which, by the way, if you're listening to that, uh, Sam and Carrie have a blog about travel that gives you all kinds of tips. And what what is that? Uh, it's called Maple and Maps. Maple so, and MapleandMaps.com. You can go read some about our travels. And, and we hope to, to always, one, inspire others to travel because we think it's a, a great learning experience as well as just a great experience to yeah. see new cultures and places. And for kids, there's yeah. a few things more educational than just seeing that's, that the world's bigger than just the little town that you grew up yeah. in. So. And that's that's our hope and prayer for our little girl and, and uh, you know, it's what we try to do. And, uh, it, it helps that uh, Carrie, my, my daughter, uh, was grew up in a home of an international traveler, and that's true. you had a dad who worked for Delta Airlines and that, could travel you know, for that, free. So that uh, that probably is where the sparks <laughs> began. But it, it wasn't until really just maybe four years ago that we really started travel hacking, as they call it, using miles and and finding uh, really cheap uh, airfare. So yeah. we're flying to Europe round trip for $290 each. And, you know, that seems crazy and That's kind amazing. of is crazy actually. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, you must have a really good boss that gives you lots of, uh, flexibility and travel. You know, that it, it doesn't hurt. <laughs> I'll say that. <laughs> yeah, well, that's well, great. Enough about all that. Enough about you. Enough about me. Okay. <laughs> I'll stop it. <laughs> uh, today, what are we looking at, Richard? I want to talk about the power of stories. 
uh, I, stories, if you've ever read much on leadership, the, the storytelling ability inevitably comes up. So, Richard, I guess the question is, why do stories have so much power? Well, I think there's several reasons for it. And, uh, you know, I'm a, I'm a professional speaker. I travel around. I use PowerPoints. Um, I've preached sermons and given talks straight off my notes. But um, my experience has been that the moment I begin telling a story, uh, I, you know, I might have I might have been highly engaged in and presenting my material uh, before that time, but I literally notice the moment I start going into a story, people's heads pop up. People that might be have been looking at their their cell phone or dozing off or whatever they were doing, I, I can physically just see. If, if I were just showing you a video of the audience. You could tell by watching when a story began to be told because people's heads go up, people mm. lean in. There's just something, and there's a reason for that. One is, uh, I think people just realize that the oldest form of communication is in stories. Yeah. Uh, you know, I think perhaps even before people were maybe were talking, they were miming out stories and communicating with what happened. If you, if I, if I ask you. For instance, when you come back from Europe in 16 days and I ask, well, how'd it go? You're, you're not going to say, start giving me a bunch of data. You know, we yeah. flew X number of miles and we we're gone this many days and hours. You start telling me stories about, well, you know, when we were here, we did this and then we did that. And we, our minds just, we, we think in terms of stories. Right. That's, I think, how we store a lot of our information. So, right. uh, so stories are so basic. Uh, and, you know, the interesting thing, like I've spoke, I've spoken in a number of, different cultures and and you do have to be careful uh, you know i just came back from bulgaria this week yeah uh and speaking of uh, world traveling and you uh <laughs> and so you know when you're telling a story you always have to try to think okay i have to be careful i don't tell sort of culturally uh you know specific uh, s- details that they won't understand in bulgaria you have to be careful about that but i found that when i tell a similar story whether it's in the philippines or brazil or England or wherever I might be, I get the same response. I people just engage with stories. It's it's a cross cultural kind of thing. As long as you don't get too bogged down in cultural sort of specifics. But you know, when I'm talking about a relationship with my son, for instance, well, parents are, are everywhere and they all have sons and they or kids and they they identify with that. And yeah, so they can relate to that. I think uh, I, I mentioned, but I think before a book, uh, the Leadership Challenge, which is kind of a standard uh, work on leadership, and as a textbook. But they did an interesting, or they cited an interesting study where uh, they did a, 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 an experiment with a group of engineers, and they did they made three presentations to the same group of engineers. And in one case, the person just got up cited a bunch of statistics and so on, just verbally made a report. In the second case, they used PowerPoint and had graphs and charts and so on. And then the third one, they just simply told stories. Well, after that, uh, they came back and they, they tried to find out how much of the information did these engineers remember. Well, hands down, they remembered the stories far, far better than they remembered the charts or the graphs or the information. Yeah. And these are engineers. These are not lingu- no, these aren't English majors or right. literature majors. These are people who think in statistics and numbers and so on. And yet even they, it, it just stories have a way of lodging in our memory and they're easy to recall. Yeah, they're memorable. And so I go back, you know, I've, I've, I'll maybe speak somewhere and I've come back uh, five years later. 
and and people will say, you know, I still remember that story you told. Now they may not remember if I used a, if it was a sermon type presentation. They they may not remember the scripture I used. May not remember a lot of things, but they remember the story. And if they remember the story, then they typically in a good story is embedded. A, a, a major point. And so if they remember the story, then they'll say, and I remember, you know, that your point was, and it, it lodges there. And, and partly because a story engages both your mental ability, the, the facts, the information, but it also engages your emotions. And I think mm. that's why it's, it lodges so much better. Yeah. A lot of information, even a PowerPoint doesn't necessarily engage your emotions. It's just, it's facts, it's information. Right. But stories have a way of appealing to your emotions and that makes them far, far more powerful than, uh, if you just give someone some facts. And so I, so, so basically the reason we're talking about this is I feel that, uh, leaders have got to be good storytellers. Uh, yeah. they, because if you're going to communicate the vision of your organization, if you're going to communicate the direction, if you're going to address the culture of your organization and talk about what kind of, how you want to treat people, what's important to you, uh, you know, the kind of uh, interactions that you're looking for among the staff and so on, then you've got to be able to communicate that. No, don't, don't, don't just put up a poster saying these are 10 things that we'll yeah. do around Here's this a office. Bullet, a bullet point list. Yeah, of- that, that doesn't work nearly as well as what I, what I would say to a leader is uh, what, if you've got, say, 10 things that are like, these are the 10 core values or the 10 most important things about how we function as a group, uh, then I would say have a story that illustrates every one of those. Have a key story uh, and, and tell the story often. Uh, keep going back right. and saying, you know, I know you guys have heard this story before, but it illustrates so well how we want to treat our customers or how we want to work together, uh, how we want to learn and grow together. And so, you know, I'm going to just keep telling this story. And you, and basically good leaders tell those key stories so often that all the staff could tell the story for you. And, yeah. uh, and I think of that oftentimes people will say, uh, if you haven't communicated until you're sick of communicating, you haven't communicated enough. Hmm. And so just keep telling those stories and it embeds in people's minds. Now, if you, if you share like a mission statement or you, you share, these are our, our five core values or whatever, uh, people may sometimes have trouble recalling those. But if you have a story that symbolizes each of those core values, they'll remember the stories even long after they don't work for your organization anymore. That's you know that that is incredible that uh, the, the the way that stories affect us and and make us remember the things that we otherwise would would forget. Whether at home, on the job, or in the ministry, we can all have a greater impact on the world around us for the kingdom of God. Join Richard Blackaby at the Billy Graham Training Center at the Cove to learn about increasing your spiritual influence on April sixth through the eighth. 2020. Space is limited, so register soon at the link in the show notes. I, and I get your point. Uh, story- I can tell you a story about that if you like. <laughs> that reminds me of a story. Uh, so so I, I see that, and I think those listening would, would agree that uh, there's no doubt power in stories, and, and you say that if a, a good leader needs to know how to communicate in stories, the vision, the, whatever the messaging is to those they're, they're leading. So if there is a leader who perhaps would say they are not good at telling stories, they're just, yeah. they're just, they don't have that. They're not a storyteller for whatever reason. 
are there ways for them to become a good storyteller? Because that seems like a real key yeah. point in in kind of taking that communication to the next level at least. Well, you know, whether you become a good storyteller or not is maybe up to question, but whether you can become a better storyteller is without a doubt. Uh, and so Fair enough. I would say uh, if you're not just natural, and I, I suppose there are some people that are just good at spinning a yarn, you know, just yeah. telling a story and you, you see them in parties and they've got a bunch of people listening as they're telling some hilarious story about what happened to them uh, at work the other day. Uh, but... I would say anybody can improve, and and several things I would uh, share about that. And, I, and as I've already basically explained, you need to improve. You need yeah. to, you need to get better. Even if you're a good storyteller, you could get better. And so a, a number of just things I've learned in my own experience. And by the way, you know it's interesting because I've had some people say, uh, and I mean you have to be careful about this. But like for instance, when I preach a sermon, I'll always have a couple of stories in there. Now I've had some kind of conservative people say, well, you don't need to be telling your own stories in a sermon. You need to just preach the Bible. You know, it's your story is not going to change anyone's life, it, it, but the Bible will, which is true. But it's interesting because if Jesus is our model, right? Uh, he sure told a lot of stories and he was the son of God. He is the word incarnate. I mean, if there's anybody who could have just said, here's how it is, here's the truth, it, yeah. it would have been Jesus. Yet he's constantly telling stories, and some of the most famous stories uh, in in human memory, certainly in Western civilization, are parables he told. So Jesus seemed to be onto something uh, right. in terms of storytelling, uh, and so you may not be as good as Jesus, but there's certain some certainly some things you can do to get better. And so let me just kind of throw some out there, just in my own experience. And the first thing I would just say is that telling a good story involves energy. I, I, you know, I literally, I've had times where I, maybe I'm jet lagged. Maybe I've just flown all the way through seven time zones and now I've got to get up and speak. And there are some stories that just, it takes energy to tell a good story. I mean, if you're going to just tell a story in a monotone voice with no energy, no enthusiasm, it's just, even though it's a story, it's going to fall flat to tell a good story. You've got to be engaged. And I, I've literally, change sermons and presentations sometimes because I just did, I honestly didn't think I had the energy to tell this particular story. This is a story that involves moving around the platform a bit and getting enthusiastic and raising your voice and whatever. And there are just days I'll think, I don't think I could pull that one off adequately with my current energy level. And I'll have to kind of tone down the story a bit. So if you're going to tell a story, get into it and put some energy into it. Don't be just mundane, lethargic, uh, monotone. Uh, yeah. Get and, involved. In and the I story. think that's something that you do so well when you when you are engaging in that story. And I've seen you speak a number of times, and uh, I I think that is without a doubt. I think one of the the highlights of your teaching and and your your speaking is it's just that engagement that you have with the audience when you're telling those stories and, and that's I mean, a full body full mental experience you got you're all in and but but like i said i can watch uh, you engage people and i that's why i i mean i my typical style is to often start a presentation with a story that's my preferred method and part of that is and i would say my preferred method method typically is start out with a humorous story because yeah. uh, if you can get them laughing, you can get them crying. You, mm-hmm. you're, you're engaging them. The, the moment that you affect people's emotions, whether it's to cry or to laugh, to smile, 
uh, you've just the walls have just come down, barriers yeah. have come down between the listener and the speaker. Uh, and so even if you're just going to give a, a pep talk to the staff uh, on Monday morning, begin by telling maybe a humorous story and get them engaged, laughing, let the, the barriers of the walls come down a bit. And now you get to the, the meat of what it is you want to say. So show some energy. Uh, a second thing I would say is, um, and this is just cardinal rule, but just desperately avoid unnecessary details. I, I can't think of anything that kills a good story more than someone yeah. that's just a detail. Per- and you know those people that need to tell you the, all the details and the huge preamble to the story. And the and, rabbit trails. And the ra- Yeah, and, uh, and it, my wife and I have a joke that we tell, which is, I think it's, it comes from just knowing, being around some older <laughs> friends of ours. And, and they'll, in our, our little joke, we always say, is, no, no, or, or no, I think that was the Tuesday, you know, and they're, they're starting off saying, well, last Monday when I was going to the store, no, 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 that, maybe, I think that was Tuesday. And, uh, and my mother will do this. <laughs> and I'll just say, <laughs> Mom, it doesn't matter. Monday, Tuesday, that's not the point of the story. What happened? Yeah. But when you get, get bogged, to the meat. oh, and so, but, but the, the, the kiss of death for a good story is needless details. I just want to keep saying it doesn't matter. Like yeah. what day it was doesn't matter. Uh, you know, now there's certain details that do matter. And I'd also say if you, if you skip now, I pick up my mother, but she's now horrendous. I mean, she's 80, so we'll give her some grace here. Yeah. But, yeah. But, uh, but, but she'll leave out. She'll just say, and then he said, it's like, wait, wait, who said? What, what are you, who are you talking about? <laughs> it's important to know who it is we're talking about, but, but it, it does it's not important to know if it was a Monday or a Tuesday. Uh, so, you know, just like get the key details. But, and so in fact, sometimes uh, if you're, if you're really working on this, uh, write out your story and then look at the story and say, okay, now what, what can I delete here? Yeah. What, what, what can I delete really from this story? Because a story that goes too long, you, you, it's it's very now I've told a couple of longer stories uh, and but they're especially a lot of work because you gotta you, you gotta keep them engaged and so the best thing to do is cut out extraneous details that aren't necessary and say okay now what what can I cut let's keep this tight let's keep it moving let's keep it flowing and so if you want to be I just tell you if, if you have trouble telling stories you're probably giving too much you're taking too long so First thing is cut it down, keep yeah. it concise, keep it moving. Um, and if you're going to be telling maybe several stories, it's always good to vary the emotions. And that's why I say if, if you really have a heart-wrenching sermon, a, a deep point you want to make, it doesn't necessarily hurt to start by getting them to laugh. Yeah. And the moment they've laughed, they've just let their guard down. Right. Their emotions are engaged now in your sermon. And if, if you can have them laughing early on in, the, in your message— it's far, far easier to get them very serious and sober once you're getting to the main thrust of it all. But if you haven't engaged their emotions early on, then when you want to get to that more serious point, they won't go there with you either because they're still entrenched. Their emotions aren't engaged yet. So so don't be careful you don't use too much humor. If, if you're just cracking one joke after another, and then all of a sudden you want to hit them with a serious point, that doesn't work. But if you start off with maybe some humor and then you begin to transition to the real heart of the matter. Yeah. And I, I've had a lot of people talk to me about that when they listen to my sermons. And, and uh, I, you know, one of the things people have often said is, you just had me laughing at the edge of my seat one moment, the next moment I'm crying like a baby. <laughs> I'd say, well, you know, I'm not trying to manipulate you, but I just know that I've got to engage you. And so vary the emotions. And I just say practice. 
practice telling a story. There are times I'll, if I, like, if I'm going to speak somewhere, I've literally paced around my hotel room that morning uh, and just talk through the story because this is the problem. Sometimes you think about a story and you think, yeah, I know the details of that story. I was there. I I, I know what happened. But until you start actually verbally telling the story, you don't realize that you'll hit certain transitional points in the story where I have to think, okay, now what's a good way of saying that? Or as I'm kind of talking it through, I realize, oh, okay, wait a minute here. I'm I'm going down a rabbit trail. This is taking too long. This isn't necessary. Let me back up. And instead, I'll just say this and move on. And so practice telling the story. Don't don't wait. Don't say, well, I I remember what I did on my vacation last summer. I don't need to practice that. But you do need to practice that because you got to think through what can I cut out. Uh, you know, necessary. I wonder if that if that familiarity with a story can be almost deceptive yeah. if you're telling it because you, in your own mind, you think, well, that's 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 so easy yeah. because I lived it. You don't practice it. as much, so you don't practice it, and then your your transitions fall flat. Your punchline is is not there. And, and and those probably stories that you know the, the best are probably the ones you need to practice the yeah. most. Because sometimes I'll tell someone else's story. You know, maybe it's a story in history of someone. Henry Ford did this one time. Well, then, I, then I'm then i paying a lot more attention to, okay, i got to make sure I've got the details yeah, right. You right, know, right. When was this? Who did, was it he said this to? And so on. But when it's your own story, you can get a little more careless. And those often are the, the stories that go on way too long. Yeah, shooting from the hip is... You're telling way too much information. <laughs> You've lost the audience. Um you know, I'd, I'd also say just get feedback. Uh, and that's hard. And if you, if you have self-esteem issues, it's especially hard. But have, have uh, people that give, give you feedback afterward about how, how'd that story go. Um, and, you know, again, we've mentioned this before, but if you really want to be brutal, just like get a video of your story and then listen to you tell the story. And keep asking yourself, did I need to say all that? Did I miss a key point? Did I, was I monotone all the way through that story? Um, and you know, one of the, one of the great things to do too is, is watch good storytellers. There are, there are people who are great storytellers. Yeah. I don't think it's an accident that, uh, uh, Abraham Lincoln is considered one of the greatest presidents in American history, perhaps the greatest. And, but he's also probably one of the very best storytellers. Mm-hmm. And Abraham Lincoln seemed to have a story for everything. You know, when it was a real tense moment, they just had a setback, uh, some problem was uh, occurring. It seemed as if Abraham Lincoln always had a story that, changed the the mood of the room that shed light that inspired uh but a, a well-told story uh i think i think goes a long ways to, to great leadership i'd also just say you, you know who some of the best storytellers of all are are comedians yeah that's, I, you know, that's what i've been thinking of I, this I, whole time. I love comedians and and the thing is and this is what what's great about really good comedians is that they're not talking about some exotic thing you know when i was like swimming with great white sharks uh, you know, or like when I was skydiving at 30,000 feet, like they're, they're not, that's not usually the, what's humorous. That's not what engages people. It's, it's typically when they tell stories about everyday life. Yeah. Going uh, to the grocery store. Yeah. And whatever. it's like, everybody's done that. Everybody's had a cranky kid or everybody's gone to the store. Everyone's had to wait in line. Yeah. You know, everyone's had someone cut them off in traffic. And so when they start just talking the different, so watching what, what they do, they're not, they're talking about ordinary life that everyone can relate to, but they, they see something that is true, but we just, we hadn't noticed. Or yeah, it's yeah. A, it just a different perspective on everyday life. And the, the best comedians 
are people, everybody in the room can identify, but they'd never thought about it like that. But sure enough, as they're hearing it, they're nodding their heads saying, that's, that's right. That's, that's exactly what I've experienced. And they identify and they laugh and they're, they feel one with the comedian. They feel like this guy knows me. We're, you know, we're, we're connected here. And so, uh, it's great just to watch what, what comedians do with that because they're great at telling stories and the, the details all matter, you know, and, and sometimes you tell detail and at first it's not obvious even why you told it, but before you wrap the story up, that comes back. And, uh, and, and so some, you know, some things I find too is, um, if you can build a surprise, I mean, not every stories are different, but I've got some stories where it's a it's a funny surprise ending. You know, it's like you think you you're following, and oh yeah, yeah I know, you know where this. this is I see go. where this yeah. is going, and then bam, you get hit with a completely different ending, and everybody you can just see the the reaction on people's face, yeah. and it's memorable. You know, when you when you surprise people, you shock them, uh, then they remember that. I again, I think humor has a way of embedding a story into your memory, just like tears can as well. But but humor is something everybody loves a good story. And uh, you go anywhere in the world and people are telling funny stories to their friends, their family. So if I have a choice uh, between telling a sad story or a funny story, I'll tend to go to the funny story. Unless, yeah. I've, unless I've already told you know two other funny stories, maybe you need to change it up. But funny, but, but add a little humor to your stories they, they make them more memorable. Uh, and one other thing just to say about that and that I've really tried to work on as well is just be candid and honest in stories. Uh, if you're going to tell one of your own stories, don't always make the story about how you were the hero. Everybody else yeah. gave up. No one else could see solve the problem. And the, but you, you know, you, you saw through it all and you, you came to the rescue. People will get tired of those stories in a hurry. <laughs> yeah. But you talk about messing up, uh, getting it wrong, uh, coming back and apologizing to your son or to your wife when you realized you'd messed up and uh, what you learned and how you were humbled. Boy, I tell you what, everybody's connecting with you because they've all been there. They've yeah. all made mistakes. And so uh, it makes you real. Uh, and if you're a preacher especially, don't put yourself on some pedestal where you're afraid for people to know that you're not perfect, that you're not uh, you know, sinless, uh, but that you're a human being who's striving to be more like Jesus, just like everybody else. And, uh, you know, the, the moment you start kind of showing some of your own shortcomings and you admit that you're not perfect, you struggle, that you fail, those are stories that people remember. And I'll tell you what, I, I've, I've got lots of those stories, you know. Yeah. And when I start to tell a story where I just messed up, maybe I just lost my temper or whatever I did, and I realized I'd blown it, I realized I, man, I was just a jerk there. And I, I just hate it when I act that way. Uh, I'll tell you what, you, you get to the end of your presentation, you've got people in tears coming up to you saying, you know, I, I've had people that could hardly speak. Uh, they were so moved and not just by my story, but it reminded them of one of their stories. Right. They identified. And I'll tell you what, it's, it can be incredibly impactful. And so lots to say about storytelling. I've kind of made it a bit of a science for me. But um, as a leader, I would, if I just kind of circle back around, I'd say anything that you really want to be bedrock to who your organization is or your family, um, then, then think of a story that embodies that value, that principle. Mm. And then, then don't just always list all the, the rules. Yeah. Uh, tell a story that helps make sense of the rule. And people will remember those rules, and they may even value the rule more because now you put flesh on it, you know, right. just saying, we, we, Hey, we don't do this around here. 
Well, that may be true. But when you tell a story and it becomes obvious why you don't do that around there, because it's hurt people in the past and you just don't want to have any more of those kind of stories where people got hurt like that time. Well, I'll tell you what, then all of a sudden people are like, yeah, I get that. Yeah, I can see why you have that rule. Boy, if that yeah. if I'd been there when that happened, I wouldn't want to do that either. <laughs> so uh, all of a sudden it puts a face, it, it puts uh, emotion to facts and rules and principles. And uh, it's just a much more powerful way to lead. So uh, let me just conclude by saying you may not see yourself as a gifted storyteller. It's worth the effort. Get around someone who's good. Even get a coach if you have to. Videotape yourself, watch it, and get someone to show you where you could have cut this. You could have. Why weren't you smiling there? You could have said the same thing in a more humorous way. You can get better if you want to be. So don't resign yourself just to being a bad storyteller. Uh, where you just always lay out the facts and you never engage. Uh, strive to be better and every year be better. And uh, and I'll tell you what, as you get better at telling stories, you'll get better at leading. Mm. Well, man, it, it, storytelling and leadership is not something you would necessarily put together no. uh, at first glance, but I think it is such an important um, fact of, of leadership to, to be able to communicate. And, uh, we've got a couple of books here. I just want to mention before we wrap up at just sort of a takeaway, uh, for our listeners to, to perhaps read and, and become better storytellers themselves. The first one is leading out loud Mm -hmm. by Terry Pierce, inspiring change through authentic communication. And the second is the secret language of leadership by Stephen Denning. Uh-huh. Yeah. And those are a couple of leadership books that I've uh, read over the years that just talk about the power of communication, that leading yeah. by talking and using your words well. Mm. And so I think leaders ought to always be studying the words they use, whether it's in stories or other ways, but words have power. And if you want to be a more powerful leader, develop the ability to speak powerful words. I think that's a great place to stop. Thanks for listening to the podcast. If this is something you enjoyed, it really makes a difference if you leave a review and a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. Don't forget to subscribe and share with your friends. We always love hearing from our listeners. So email us at podcast at blackv.org.